Well, hey, Miles City family, so glad that you are tuning in with us today as we close out our light series as we've been being challenged to wrestle to go the extra mile. Uh, Our vision as a church, real simple, helping people move towards God. That's right, helping people move towards God. And in order to help us stay on track to make sure that we're centered and and healthy, uh, we talk about this idea of being a church that is a share, shape, send type church. A share, shape, send type church. And so this theme as we go the extra mile, our theme is, you guessed it, light. And so uh, when it comes to light, we want to help people see the light. And so this year, uniquely in a cool way, we are going to start a Japanese uh, church called Hikari City. We're so excited to get behind this church as it reaches the 15,000 plus alone in our city, right in our neighborhood, uh, to, to, to reach the Japanese people. But not only do we want to help people see the light, we want to help people be the light, to make disciples. And in order to do that... <coughs> Uh, You need space. It's amazing what God can do when people have a space, when people have a building. And so we have acquired our Lion location, and we need funds to, uh, to, uh, you know. So if you look at these next few pictures, construction's already been happening. It's been taking place. You keep going. There's another one. There's another one. And as we know, construction... That's easy. That's free. But to build it back up, it takes some funds. And so that's part of where our extra mile is going. But not only to help out uh, our line location have its permanent facility, but also to help out our Detroit church plant, the House Church, who is now houseless. And so part of this is to help the church find a house. And so that's how we're going to help as part of our helping people be the light. But then also we want to be ascending church. And so we are the light. So that is the idea of, of, of us helping start two new churches this coming Lord willing fall as we'll launch this church out here in uh, the Seed Church with David Clark out in the Roseville area. So we're so excited to get behind David and that church plant. Not to mention that church, but also uh, Lanterns Church, which will be starting in Wayne, Michigan with Ryan Cabildo and his launch team. And so take a deep breath. It's so exciting what God is doing. And he's asking all of us, 100% of us, to go the extra mile when it comes to that. And so in order to do that, we, we're, we are stretching and, and we are asking all of us to take serious so that we can surpass this goal, to meet and surpass this goal, this $300,000. And so in order for us to do that, uh, we've been saying this phrase, what does it look like for us to let go of something that you love for something that you love even more? To let go of something that you love for something that you love even more. And church family, I've just been so encouraged to, 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 to see all the different stories of, of, of people wrestling with that. Uh, just to, to hear you know, people sacrificially giving with the you know, tens of dollars to hundreds of dollars to you know, thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. It's just been so cool to see people wrestling with selling different things and giving up things for a period of time over the coming year. Even people uh, getting um, overtime shifts. And so that would go towards their extra mile. Just so encouraging to see our church wrestling, taking it seriously so that we can be the light. And so today's that day. It's Commitment Sunday where we make that commitment for us um, so that we can meet our goal. Now, we've been talking about this whole idea of being the light. And maybe you're watching and maybe you've heard this before and you're like, okay, 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 okay. Maybe this is your first time hearing, like, why are we doing this? Why? Why do all this? What is the point? Why? Is it just about the money? Is this just another church just trying to get my money to take something from me? I hope, I hope 
that you will see that the reason why we go extra every single year at Miles City is so much more than the money. We go extra every single year at Miles City with the purpose to recenter us as a church, to, to, to recenter us as a church to make sure that we know what we're supposed to be and what we're called to be, to make sure that we're pushing ourselves to be more outward focused than inward focused, collectively and individually being stretched. And some years it's more than others. And, and, and you know, it's so important because if we don't, then our church is going to get stagnant. Our, our, our church is, is going to die. Like thousands of churches that close every single year. It's because they're not recentering and focusing and it becomes inward instead of outward. And so that's why it's so important. And if you're here just joining us for the first time, I'm so glad because you get to, you get to see the heartbeat of, of why we exist as a church and what is the main purpose. And so to help us understand, to make sure that we understand clearly why we're doing this, I, I want us to touch on a section of scripture uh, from the famous sermon Sermon on the Mount that um, that Jesus taught long ago. Uh, it's 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 it, it's a message where maybe you've heard phrases like this before, like "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven," or "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted," or "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." But then what happens, which is really interesting? It's almost like the story just kind of like halts for a second. There's like a screech in the story. You got Jesus teaching to to just the masses, and I imagine in this moment he he's he's talking third person to all the crowd, but then all of a sudden he switches to second person and is literally looking at his disciples and it goes from maybe his eyes looking over at the crowd to then directly into the faces of his disciples and he stops and he gets really clear and focused and he says, hey, 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 you are the light of the world. Jesus tells his disciples, his followers, if you didn't know, you are the light of the world. Of the world. I'm giving you a new identity. And what's so amazing is that Jesus says that he's the light of the world. So does that mean that, hey, we're just a bunch of other Jesuses running around? We're just a bunch of gods running around? Absolutely not, okay? Don't get prideful enough that you think you could ever be God. Guess what? You're not and you never will be. But what he's saying is, is that we are a reflection of of his light, because when we get to the point, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, then it says, the scriptures tells us that the Holy Spirit of the living God takes residence inside of our lives. And so therefore we are a reflection of God's light all throughout the world. He says that we are the light of the world. He's giving us a new title. He's giving us a new identity. But what's really interesting is that because of our sin, because of our pride, because we are humans and we're crazy and we're messy and we're broken, we start to try to take control of our identity and our title and who we truly are. We, we, we try to literally sometimes just ignore the creator and take our title and identity into our own hands. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. It's almost like all of a sudden this table, just all of a sudden saying, you know what? I'm not a table anymore, I'm a couch. The creator of the table is like, no, 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 you're a table, you're not a couch. Or like a drum set that says, oh, I'm the drum set, but you know what, uh, I'm not a drum set, I'm actually a guitar. Well, no, the creator made you a drum set, you're not a guitar. And so what we do in our pride is we flippantly kind of slap God in the face and say, no, 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 I'm going to define my identity. 
And, 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 and it's, it's just, it's getting more and more distorted and more and more decayed as time goes on in our culture. I mean, even today, we see leaders, men and women leaders all across the world telling the next generation that, hey, if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, that's okay. Or if you're a girl and you want to be a boy, that's okay. You can decide. Telling people to literally just go ahead and slap God in the face and that he made a mistake. And listen, I know some of you may be watching, you're a little maybe sensitive to that topic or you have friends or family that are struggling with that. And here's how we just kind of want to just kind of wrap that thought up. I am so sorry. I am so sorry that people, that leaders, maybe people that you've loved or trusted or believed in have put those thoughts in your mind and have given you false truth to make you think that God made a mistake with you. God did not make a mistake with you. Please hear the truth of God's word. You were wonderfully and beautifully made in the image of God. It says in Ephesians 2.10 that you are his workmanship. You are literally his masterpiece. Just this beautiful piece of art that he is so uniquely designed in the image of God himself. You are not a mistake. But not only that, we distort our identity by thinking that, you know, what I do with my job is my identity. My identity is way more than being the lead pastor of Miles City. I hope so. Your identity is way more than what you do for work. Or, or my identity is in my talents of what I can and cannot do. Or my identity is found in my clothes or the way I look. I mean, this is all just fallen, false information. We don't get the right to define our identity. Only our creator has the right to define our identity. And guess what he says? For those who have put their faith and trust in him, he gives you your identity and he says that you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And what does that mean? What does it mean? That light is a symbol of God's ex existence in itself. It represents God's purity. It represents God's truth. It represents God's warmth, his love. And Jesus is using all of those types of words, the word light, to describe us in God's eyes. If you've never heard this before, you are beautiful. You are pure. And some of you I know watching, you don't believe this. You don't believe this yourself. And you say, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. But remember, you're not calling yourself light. You don't have the right to do that. But God, the creator of the universe, is declaring that you are the light. You don't have a choice in it. You are the light of the world. No matter what you've done in the past, no matter how long you've been ignoring and pushing God off, the scriptures are so clear. The moment that we turn, the moment that we realize that we have darkness all upon us, the moment that we realize that the only thing that can clean up and, and cancel out and, and, and restore us back to light, back to life, is through Jesus alone. The moment that we get to that point and believe that Jesus came, and he came because he died, and he didn't just die, he didn't just stop there, that he rose from the dead, the moment that we actually get to that point, then you are given a new identity. You become a new creation. You become born again. You become the light of the world. Have you ever taken upon that new identity for your life? Or are you still walking in darkness? Have you ever 
allowed God to change your identity and become the light of the world? Well, you know, normally I do this at the end of my talk, but you know what? Let's just do it right now. Let's just kind of make sure we all understand our identity right now. If, if, if you have never received the light of Jesus into your life and enough's enough and you want that new identity, wherever you're watching, I just want you simply just to, just to bow your head and close your eyes and just say, Father, I don't have it all figured out, but I am done walking in darkness. Just tell him that. I'm done walking in darkness. I believe that you, Jesus, are God. I believe that you are the one that died for me and rose again for me to give me life. I believe you're the light of the world and I want you to be in my life. And so I receive you, Jesus. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the light of the world in my life. Amen. Now, if you truly meant that, it, the scripture is so clear that you will no longer perish in darkness, but you'll have everlasting life. And the light of the world is inside of you. So, my hope is that who's ever watching or listening, that we're all on the same page now. I know that's maybe not the case, but my hope is, is that we've all grabbed onto the light of the world. And now our identity as Jesus followers is we are the light of the world. So now that we know our identity, we can actually then know our purpose. Because you can't truly know your identity unless you know your purpose. And when you know your identity, then you can understand vision and understand purpose and calling specifically for your life. Okay, so now that we're the light of the world, what does that mean? Now what? What does that mean that we have this identity? Well, the story continues. The scripture continues when Jesus was talking. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden was almost like Jesus stating the obvious. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, Coke is better than Pepsi. Or, obviously, pineapple on pizza is perfection. Obviously, uh, dogs are better than cats. Obviously. Okay, you get the sarcasm. But I kind of sense that Jesus is playing a little here with some of the sarcasm to create this obvious statement. It continues, like a city that, on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it on a basket. Like that would be ridiculous that someone would, would grab a light, would literally grab a light like this and then try to hide it over with a basket. I mean, that would make no sense. So he's, he's stating this obvious statement of like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And, and once you light a lamp, you're not going to try to hide it. But, but instead, what do we do? It says, but on a stand, you're going to let that light shine and it gives light to the entire household. Now, what's interesting, when we think about our houses and putting up lights in our houses, or if the power goes out and you grab a flashlight or a lamp, I mean, a lot of us have many different rooms in our houses. But when Jesus was talking, most likely in his mind, in his context, he was thinking of a Palestinian house that only had one room. So, you know, now kind of picture this one little room home with a family and the mother or the father or the grandpa or the grandma puts a light on a stand so that it can hit all the corners of the room. And then imagine how ridiculous it would be if that dad or mom or whatever lit it and then tried to hide it so that none of everyone else could see it. I mean, this is kind of the ridiculousness that that, that Jesus is trying to make this point of, of course not, that anyone would try to hide the light. And then it continues. It says, in the same way, what does it say? Let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. If you are the light of the world, 
then your light should be seen. It should not be hidden. There's no undercover Christians. That doesn't make any sense. If you're really the light, then it will not be secret. It will not be hidden. You'll put it where everyone can see it. In the same way you're the light of the world, you must put yourself where everyone can see it light up in the world. And when I think about it individually, I just got to pause for a moment because even when I think about the house, I just want to pause for a moment and I just, I just want to think about the dads in the room. And I just want you to know, dads, I see so many of you in our church family shining the light in your home, shining the light so your kids see Jesus in you, shining the light for how you love your spouse. I mean, it's so amazing. The conversations I have and how I see, it's just unbelievable. Way to go. Keep shining the light in your home. And I think about all you moms out there, all you ladies out there that, that are striving in your home and, 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 to, and to shine the light of Jesus and Jesus being seen in you as a mom and as a wife. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's so inspiring as I see you and the stories that keep coming. I don't even think people realize how inspired you leave me feeling in conversations of how I watch you all as families shining the light in your household. Keep it up, let it shine. Or students, I mean students, I'm so proud of so many of you students that I see inviting your friends to drive and the events and then taking a stand in your school and it's just unbelievable. Way to go, way to let it shine, it's so awesome. Or I think about so many of you in your workplaces. I mean, being a light to your coworker, I mean, it's incredible the stories I hear of how you're using your workplace to be on mission, to shine his light. Keep it up. It's working. Even when it seems like it's not working, I'm telling you, it's working. Keep letting it shine. Or I think collectively as a church and the idea of us taking our light as a church and trying to hide it so that no one can, can see it. You know, it'd be really easy for us, and we think about us being ascending church to kind of just hide the light and keep it all for Mile City. Like, let's keep all of the resources, all the people, and let's just keep building our kingdom. That'd be way easier. Let's not just be open-handed and let our light shine and send people out and plant more churches. But that's what we're called to do as a church. And look at I know it's not easy. I know, I mean, it's been the most bittersweet thing we've ever done as a church family. And I know for some, and I've talked to many of you, sometimes it seems like reckless. It seems like, well, man, how is this going to work? And then, and then like, you know, the odds of all of our church plants making it, I mean, the odds, I mean, 70% of church plants fail. So then why would we do this? Why would we invest in this? One thing, just to be clear, is so far, by the grace of God, not one of our church plants have failed or are dead. In the midst of so many churches that have closed during COVID, all of our churches, Lord willing, are still surviving. And yeah, odds are, as we keep planting the way that we plant churches, will one or two of them fail throughout the years? Probably. But just because there's a risk doesn't mean, well, what's the alternative? We stop? We stop letting the, the light illuminate beyond Mile City? We must. We must, we must. So we need, because we're the light of the world, we must let our light shine. We need spiritual giants 
and our city. We need spiritual Marines. We need agents of redemption. When we might not be able to Christianize legislation or control secular powers, but even, even though the world keeps getting darker and darker and darker, God forbid that we ever be a church or individuals that go and hide in our caves and keep our light to ourselves because the world's too scary or the world's too dark and I don't want to be corrupted by it. We have to take a stand and stand for truth and stand for honor with humility and let it shine. Is your light visible? Is your light shining? Is there any area in your life where maybe as a father or a mother or a coworker or a friend or a neighbor that you're trying to hide the light? Where you're being selfish and keeping it to yourself? Where might your light be dimming instead of illuminating and glowing throughout our city? So then he says this, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And what's interesting sometimes about this is that you might read this and think, okay, so the purpose is to let my light shine so that God can get glory. So this whole thing, I mean, it seems a little selfish, God, that you want all the glory. Okay, like we're doing all this, we're, you call us lights to shine out so that you can get glory. Is that what it's all about? It seems kind of selfish. If you think that way, it's probably because you have the wrong definition of what the word glory, giving God glory, really means. So let's look at what does the word glory actually mean. So in Hebrew, in the, in the original language, this word is called kabod, which the word kabod is this idea of having, is being heavy in weight. It's a respect. It's an honor. Having heavy, being having this heaviness in weight. Maybe for some of you, you can remember in the Old Testament, the story of when Moses was fighting the enemy and he was trying to hold, and whenever he would hold up his staff, they would win. But when he started to get tired, when the weight began to be so much, then they would begin to lose. And the word that they used there in Hebrew was this word kabod, when his arms became heavy. And so in a spiritual context, it's also used for the word to respect and give honor to of someone that's very important. So to glorify God, what does it mean? To glorify God is that God is heavy in one's heart. That it means that God is taking up a lot of space into one's heart. Now, on the other hand, we have the Greek translation of the word glory, which is this, doxazo. Doxazo is the idea of to contemplate, to exalt, to have a singular focus. And so a lot of times we can, you know, couple the word glory with an emotional thing of like angels flying in the sky. But it's this idea of having a deep thinking to fill up our minds. And so when we think about all this idea of, of, of giving God glory, it's, it's making God heavy in our hearts and then full in our minds. It's making God heavy in our hearts and then full in our minds. So it's not this selfish God up in heaven demanding glory like he needs it. You think God needs us to give him glory? When we let our light shine and glorify God, it's not God getting bigger. He can't get any bigger. He already is. But what happens is when we give God glory, he becomes bigger in us and in others. Do you think when we give God glory that he's actually changing or something up there? No, he already is and will always will be. But what's changing? We're changing as we're filling up our mind in the fullness of God. And then also that's reflecting that image, that reflection of God for others to see. 
And so that is the reason why we give glory is to make God heavy in our hearts and full in our minds and to reflect that to others. And we need that so desperately because we are broken and we can be so blind and we can be so dark and we can be so hurting. We humans need the glory of God. So Jesus, only Jesus, has given us a new identity. We are the light of the world. And if we truly are the light of the world, then we will stand and we will let our light shine for all to see. We will let our light shine for all to see. We as a church are striving this year, individually and collectively, to be a church that is a share, shape, send church to help people see the light, be the light. Because Jesus told us, we are the light. And so what does that look like for you? As we close out our light series and our extra mile giving initiative, what does that look like for you to be the light? God calls us all to be the light if you're one of his kids. And he wants us to do that in a few different ways and all of those ways, not just one. He wants us to be the light with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. He wants us to be the light with our time, with our talents, and our treasure. And so when it comes to your time, is there anything in your time when it comes to giving God glory with your life that you're hiding from everyone? Is it that you're keeping to yourself, that you're keeping selfish? Is there anything with your talents that you're, you're not letting God have and you're keeping to yourself? Is there a treasure that God is telling you to, 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 to take part in that you're kind of keeping to yourself and saying, no, 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 I'm not gonna let that go. Where might you need to let go with your time and your talent and your treasure and let it shine? Let it shine, Miles City. We have such an opportunity. And so right now, um, we're gonna play one of my favorite songs right now little combo of too good not to believe in God of revival. And I want to beg you as you listen to this song, use this time to really ask yourself the question, what does it look like for me this year to be a part of this collective family and individually for me to let it shine? And on our website, you can just go to milecity.com slash extra mile. And this is the time as we've been wrestling all month to make our commitment so that we can take our light and let it illuminate brighter and brighter and brighter all throughout our city. Mile City, may we help people see the light, be the light, because Jesus told us we are the light. and approved your faithfulness I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend there is beauty in 
Tell me. 